Hi, this is Kristen Williams, and you're listening to UMass Women's Basketball on 91.1 WMUA. Welcome to the WMUA Coaches Show here live from the quarters for the first time. I'm Josh Schreiber alongside Andrew White, and we're joined by assistant coach Claire Fitzpatrick. Coach, you've been pretty much all around when it comes to coaching, playing. You played for four years, one of the all-time leaders in uh games played in Cornell history lots of other accolades there but also coached for a little bit at uh, Yale at Air Force and then at Holy Cross Um, overall how has your you know transition to UMass been we've been asking this to everyone at this point but how's everything been for you it's been great it's been a whirlwind uh, ever since uh, we got started and got hired back in May but it's been great to have the team here this past summer um, have that trip to Croatia really got to bond with the team and have some really cool life experiences uh, with them which was really awesome and you know workouts went well in the preseason and now we're just in the full swing of practice and game so it's been kind of a whirlwind been non-stop yeah. since we started but it's been awesome so far yeah uh in terms of practice and coaching what kind of role do you have for this team like in practice and yeah. during games in practice i po- i coach the post players i was a post player in college so um that's always kind of been my uh, forte but um so i kind of oversee them in practice just trying to constantly give them you know, tips here and there, what they can do better, what they what they're doing well, and um, trust trying to keep develop, developing them uh, one practice at a time. And then coming to UMass, obviously, it was a very different, uh, very much, I guess, a rebuild in that a whole lot of new players coming in, whole new coaching staff. What attracted you in general to, you know, decide to make that? transition to you know a school that didn't have anything really set in stone yet yeah I think that was obviously a big decision to make uh, for me having to leave Holy Cross but I think honestly it came down to Mike Um, and he I've known Mike for a really long time so he coached one of my AAU teammates um, at BU and I uh, went obviously off to Cornell so he's kind of known me since I actually was in high school which is a really long time (laughs) and then when I got into the coaching ranks Mike was you know always a friendly face and on the recruiting trail we would always just talk to each other hang out and so we got to know each other throughout the years um, as I got into coaching and he's just always kind of been a mentor for me Um, so we've always just kind of had that relationship and you know when he called me in the spring I wasn't obviously expecting it at all but um, you know sitting down talking to him about what his vision was for the program I think just sold me you know he's a people person he wants to build relationships he's gonna really focus on culture and building it the right way it's not just going to be about basketball and that's kind of how you know where I've coached that's always been a core value of mine and so that very much so aligns with what is important to me Um, and on top of that just coming to UMass I mean the facilities we have the resources we have you know the support we have from our administration that is huge so I just knew that no matter where we were you know how good we'll be this year next year you know the support is going to be there and it's a place that we can win and win championships so knowing that we can win championships is huge yeah 
And at your last stop, you have that championship winning experience with Holy Cross with a, a couple, right? Am I right by that? Yeah, regular season and then a trip to the NCAA. So similar to UMass the last few years. Yeah, so kind of how, how are you going to work that into this, this new program, new roster, trying to build it back to what it was the past couple of years? Yeah, I think at Holy Cross, I think how we got it to be so good was the relationships with the players, and that's really important to me. Um, so I think as like you said, we have all these new players. How can we build those relationships with us coaches, with each other, to build this program up just on a human level and then, you know, get them better as basketball players? But I really feel if you can really make the foundation, the people aspect, the basketball will come with it because you need yeah. to get everybody to buy in. And I think that's what we did at Holy Cross. It was about the relationships. It was about the people. They did it for each other. And I think as we go here, as long as we can build that and the trust, you know, amongst teammates and the coaches um, and that builds every single day at practice every single game um, we're going to be in a really good spot come the end of the year and you talk about buying in and uh, that like togetherness as aspect that everyone is talking about when it comes to this team in general but how much do you think that the Croatia trip helped that to have a whole new group of players you guys were at the uh, at champs practicing beforehand yeah. as well but how much do you think that Croatia trip helped bond the team together and build that chemistry? It was huge, right? We only have so many hours a day together. Right. And now we're thrown into a foreign country yeah. on, on <laughs> planes for eight hours, um, sitting next to each other, you know, bus rides for hours in between cities, just constantly around each other. And yeah. it, it forces you to, you know, have a lot of conversations and more deeper conversations than you're going to have, you know, shooting in the gym right before right. practice or right after practice. So I think it was just huge. It, it allowed us to really connect on a deeper level um, on an earlier point in the year than we would have um, if they were just here for the summer. We didn't, you know, go overseas. So I think it's just huge. It allowed us to just to connect on an early, like much faster, much quicker because we were forced to bond together, which is right. you know a good thing, and it was a lot of fun. So I think when you're also having fun with it, um, it makes it a lot easier to get to know people. Yeah, and then being, I think what's unique specifically about this coaching staff is you're the only one that actually played collegiately yeah <laughs> yeah that is true do you think that experience is kind of gives you a unique perspective and having like that diversity of coaches helps you guys see things differently yeah i mean i always still want to get out there on the court and uh yeah. play with the girls <laughs> but we have practice guys to do that so i have to remember that i'm not uh, as young as i once was <laughs> so but that competitive spirit is still in me because i did do what they did yeah. um so i think that that's a you know advantage for me as a coach is i was in their shoes i did what they did um but then again our staff is so different and has such different perspectives that i think right. that we're able to tackle you know our program and you know problems from different views and I think that really is a strength because we all don't have the same experience so you know how do we use that as a strength and I think we do and I think Mike does a really good job of you know trying to make sure everyone is heard in the room and um, taking in everybody's ideas so that we can be at our best um, and not just being tunnel visioned on one thought process yeah and so over the summer you had to hit the recruiting trail pretty hard how much do you use that uh, past playing experiences into you know recruiting new players trying to bring them in just by the knowledge that you have of playing or is it kind of those days are behind me I'm more <laughs> focused on what's ahead no I think you know you use those experiences to recruit I think you always are I think as it once 
you're a coach now, right? But you're using how you were as a player kind of as a barometer to a certain extent. So, you know, I do look for players that you know, have similar thought processes or, you know, are competitive on the court or, you know, are would work hard like I would have worked hard. So I think, you know, you see the recruiting trail differently and you just try to also recruit players that fit your mindset and your thought process as well. Um, so I think that that is an advantage um, to kind of how you go about it and, uh, and understanding what they've gone through and, you know, what they might be thinking in the recruiting process as well. Because you went through it. Right. And kind of going off of that, you're Connecticut native. You've stayed mostly in the New England area. I know Cornell's out there, and then Air Force is way out out there. (laughs) But how does the knowledge of the New England area help in recruiting? Because it seems like that may be a focus, or or maybe just the Northeast, New Jersey, New York. How does that really help you? in recruiting? I think it's huge. I mean, being from this area, a lot of people in this area stay in the area, just in the basketball world. So, you know, connections that I made when I was younger, you know, in high school or people that I knew in high school or knew in college are still in this area. And so, you know, when you build those connections and build those relationships, you know, that can only help you um, in the recruiting process. So, you know, you hope that somebody's coach knows me and is like man I want them to go play for Claire and then I'm an extension of Mike and you know that sort of thing so I think you know that can only help um, knowing the area and having strong ties and it's good you right you know what the good teams are what good programs what good what are the good high schools so it allows you to also evaluate talent faster because you can um, you know where to go immediately when you're looking for talent and then I guess the last thing I really have is what is I guess you're, I don't know how to frame it, but I guess your recruiting mindset when it, Andrew asked about like if you use your past playing days, yeah. but is there anything specific that you look for when you're recruiting? Like, is it like um, how they interact with their teammates or something like that? Oh gosh, I mean, I feel like we evaluate all of it, um, yeah. but I feel like I really want to recruit really good people. Um, because I think there's you can recruit talent, but if you're not recruiting good people, then they're not going to buy into the culture. They're not going to buy into what we're selling. Like They have to be coachable kids. And I think if you can really recruit people that are bought into what you're selling, then you're going to get the product out on the court. So um, we're looking just for good teammates, uh, good people, cause in just hard workers, because the talent will take care of the rest. We're going to find the talent, but can you do those other intangible things that are going to make us a really good basketball team on and off the court? And I think if you can find those kids, um, sky's the limit for our program. And I got one more thing. Go for uh, it. Go for it. Kind of going into <laughs> those first couple games, uh, you said you coach, coach the post. What positives did you see from them over the first couple games? I think they're not afraid to score. Um, I think that's really, you know, been evident is that um, a lot of our scorings come from our posts. I mean, Steph has been, you know, phenomenal um, each game and really stepped up at the four position. And that's a new position for her, and she's thriving in it. So, um <laughs> You know, that's been awesome to see. And um, Lily T's a freshman, and she's just coming in and um, giving us really solid minutes off the bench. And Bree's been just a workhorse every single game. So uh, I think they've been really holding it down for us, um, especially since we only have eight players. Three of them are post players. They're playing a lot of minutes, but they're really giving us giving it their all for us. So I'm excited about what they're putting out on the court. And with Steph and Kristen, who will be on in a minute, as well as Lily Ferguson, what were your first interactions with them as as the three returning players? 
what was that? What was meeting them like, and how has that kind of developed? How's the relationship with the returners developed? Yeah, that's been awesome to, you know, have them be the three that were, um, you know, sticking around um, at UMass, and they were the first, you know, kids that I met. It was funny. I started making my phone calls from uh, when I first got the job, and I like called Steph first, and then I called Kristen, and Kristen goes, "Oh yeah, Steph already told me that you were calling us." Like, <laughs> so they were already talking about it behind the scenes and everything, but. Um, um, they were just so welcoming um, and really bought into this place and, and Mike. And so I think that they were just uh, um, a good starting point And they've been really a rock for our team of showing everybody that's been new, like how we do things at UMass. And, you know, even me, like they've taught me things of how we do things and kind of led the way. So that's been really great to, um, you know, see and be around. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Coach. We're going to keep this going we'll take a quick break but when we come back we're going to talk to junior guard Kristen Williams Ooh. who's standing right next to <laughs> coach Fitz right now but we'll be right back you're listening to 91.1 WMUA sports welcome back to UMass women's basketball sometimes you want to go without a little bit of water and this much vodka. Perfect. Aurora Borgialis is finished. Don't be like them. Drink responsibly. I have a message for the residents of UMass I Amherst. I have a message for the residents of UMass Amherst. Through trial and error, through hypothesis and graph. Through trial and error. Through hypotheses and graphs, I found and concluded that licking a chilled pole. I found and concluded that licking a chilled pole will, in fact, end with the fixture of your tongue will, to the object. in fact, end with the fixture of your tongue to the object. Please keep this in mind next time a craving for a refreshing metal keep beam. Keep this in mind next time the craving for a refreshing metal beam strikes. Stuck. Someone get a doctor now! Oh, uh, my friend's a doctor. Uh, Scott, come here. Hmm. This is a very common case. And actually quite solvable. However, there is some risk you may lose taste buds to your pancake region of your tongue. No! <laughs> Proceed. Hi, this is Steph Kalesha of the UMass women's basketball team. WMUA Sports has you covered for all your Minute Women basketball. Welcome back to the Coaches Show here live from the quarters. Kristen, you just had some food brought out to you by our good friend George, My George William Myers. Um, we're going to take a break from that, though, and <laughs> get into the business stuff. Kristen, you are one of the three returners to the team this year. Entirely different team this year, different coaching staff. How has that adjustment been being one of those returners? Um, I think the adjustment was pretty easy. I consider myself like a very laid back, no. you know, kind of California <laughs> girl. So it's like, for me, it was kind of easy just to like bring in people like he brought in people and we just had to adjust to that. And I mean, the coaches were very, very welcoming. Right, right when we, they got on campus, they said hi to us. They welcomed us. And right then and there, I knew it was going to be a great season because everyone just wanted to be here. Everyone wanted to come here and wanted to be here and build a culture. and. 
I honestly think me, Lily, and Steph like adjusted extremely well to this to the standards that Coach Luffler had brought to us. Yeah, and you mentioned being a Cali girl, being from San Diego. Was there sort of a big culture shock coming to, I know it's not like Boston area, but just coming to Massachusetts in general, very far from home. Yeah. Last year, your family was able to come to the Arizona trip, which yeah. must have been nice. But in general, you know, not exactly close to home. Has that been an adjustment? Uh, yes. I would say this is a big culture shock. It wasn't in the beginning, obviously, like summer is nice here and it's really yeah. pretty. Um, but once winter hit, boy, <laughs> yeah. the snow, Wind. I didn't have like a winter thing like to get my snow off my windshield yeah. and my car. <laughs> so I had to go buy one in the snow actively. <laughs> um, I slipped a lot and my friends told me like it's, it's going to humble you once you slip and yeah. fall on that black ice. So I think that was the biggest thing. I think. I lived away at JUCO for a year, and that was like a culture shock, like being away from my family. So once I got here, it was just about the weather, honestly. Right. But I <laughs> wanted. adjusted to that part. Yeah, I just I wanted to see the fall. I wanted to see the four seasons, like I've never seen it before in my entire life. So for me, it was like, okay, you're gonna be inside most of the time, so just deal with it whenever you leave the gym. And and so kind of going all the way back to when you're at JUCO, what kind of We've been asking pretty much everybody the same question. What really brought you to UMass? And um, I would kind of say they trusted me. Um, they don't usually bring in JUCO players, and I was told that. So for me, it was like, okay, they don't bring in JUCO players. Like, I have a shot here to, like, take control and come in for Destiny. And I think I did that fairly well I mean not knowing Destiny was going to stay the next year um, I was supposed to come in for her and bring that energy and bring that impact from JUCO already had playing and having experience at in college for my freshman year um, I also chose it because I wanted a very good education and I feel that here I feel that the classes are hard it's challenging every day I'm challenged and I'm always gonna, I'm going to get a very good degree here so after basketball, I know I'm set. Yeah, and just to kind of talk more about this past offseason, we talked to Steph about it mm -hmm. uh, on the last coaches show, but just wanted to hear your perspective. What was it really like, you know, having to kind of not be totally sure about what was going to happen next, who your teammates were going to be, mm -hmm. who your coaches were going to be, uh, you know, entertaining potential new recruits? You said it was fairly easy for you, but what was that was it were there any times where you're like oh like yeah I got so much to do like you know like yeah. a lot of pressure I think it was like Luffler coach Luffler like really trusted us and I think he locked in on us like us three knowing that like we were there and we were going to stay there for him and like trust him so I think he was like one day at a time like I'm going to bring in these recruits I'm going to do this I'm going to do this like yeah it was hard I'm not going to lie like bringing in recruit after recruit yeah. but like at the same time it's like we want a new team we want to, right. to build something here and like win and just discover who we are and build a culture that we all wanted so I don't think it was necessarily like hard in the fact that we had recruits practically every other two days like or every two days it was like what do we want what are we looking for let's bring them in let's do the things we need to do so that way we can win so you complete that whole process of, of building a team and, and 
Then that first game against St. Peter's, you come off the bench and, and just go off. 19 points. Now that you've really had time to fully kind of take that in, reflect yeah. on it, yeah. how good does it feel? How rewarding does it feel to really have stuck out through that long process to get to that point? Oh, it feels great. I'm not going to lie. Like, I obviously didn't play as much as I wanted to coming in, and I knew I had big shoes to fill. Destiny's a great player great defensive great offensive great leader at that so i mean coming in to, to take a fifth year's like spot is hard and now that i am playing and getting the minutes that i wanted and i'm doing well with that i think like it's rewarding but at the same time like we have to stick together as a team like not one person like is gonna take that and just like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, we all just have to stick together. And, like, right. Steph is doing well. Bree's doing well now. Like, everyone is just getting together. And, like, meshing and chemistry will build at that point. So if I'm going off, maybe another person will go off. And then another person, it just, like, just everyone just connects on that aspect. Yeah, and, at, you know, one and two start, not exactly, like, totally what yeah. the, you know, the overall goal is. But with that being said, as you were saying, like, there's, ton of new pieces, ton of new chemistry that will continue to build as we get mm -hmm. closer to conference play. What would you say are the main team goals you guys have, you know, going into these next couple weeks? Um, I mean... Like, obviously, like, win Yes, but I, stuff, I hate but to quote him, but he always says competitive vocal together, and he's just really true with that. I mean, if yeah. we compete, if we talk, and we stay with each other, there shouldn't be a problem with winning. Like. Right it'll fall into place. Like, we get stops on defense, that's because we talk. We compete, we don't just let them score. And we stay together and stay together offensively, defensively. I don't see a problem with like how the winning will come and yeah. it will come at some point. Yeah. Um, one and two, I feel like a lot of people start off with one and two yeah. and it doesn't let them stop them. <laughs> so I don't really see a problem here. I think we just need to get better and build off of each game and focus on each game and not worry about the next game until we play that game. And is you as a player, confident shooter, love to shoot? <laughs> yeah. What? How did you get to that point? Who helped you? Who really oh. made an impact on you becoming the shooter and player that you are today? That's, that goes way back. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to three different people. Four, actually. Calvin Starr from shooting camp when I was in, like, second grade. <laughs> going way back yeah <laughs> I love it um coach Thomas oh my gosh arc 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 and William Clay trainer since five years old and never looked back he's known me he's literally watched me going into a woman and pursue everything that I wanted to pursue so I give a lot a lot of my credit to him like practically 50% of it maybe 75 at this point and then like the other my dad my dad is a big, big influence on how I am, like the player that I am today. Um, shooting was like his main thing. And he, oh, everyone needs a shooter. Like you can't really just like play a game without a shooter. So yeah. for him, it was like, if you can shoot off the dribble, if you can shoot off catch and shoot, if you can shoot long range, if you can shoot right on the line, like nobody's stopping that. So I think we shot every single day when I was in high school, we shot 500 shots a day. We would go shoot right after practice at LA Fitness 24. He had all the, he had 24-hour fitness, he had LA fitness, he had everything. So that was that was the four main people, I think, that in my life that really, like, got me to that. And then 
I mean, if we want, we could go back in time. I was reading, were you a four-year captain in I high was. school? I was. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I, wow. So how do you be, how, like, this isn't even really, like, an interview-type question. <laughs> like, how do you become a captain, like, your freshman year? Um, we... We were not supposed to be, like, the best of the best. And yeah. a lot of our – my AAU coach had gone to the high school that was eight, five minutes away from my house. So I was like, of course I'm going to go there. Like, yeah. she just let me do whatever I want practically in AAU, so why wouldn't <laughs> I go play for her? Um, and she trusted me a lot. She also brought me into the player who I am today. Her and Vicky Carrington, De'Ara Carrington, Darren Carrington. Like, I give major props to them. They trusted me wholeheartedly at all four years of my high school experience. Um I think that being a four-year captain was a very, very big responsibility. And when, when I came in my freshman year, I think I just played. Like, I really didn't have, like, a care in the world about anything else except going in and starting and playing. That's all I wanted to do was yeah. play in high school. And she trusted me, and I definitely was more of a, forward, like, by example leader and captain than I was vocal because I didn't really know how to talk at that point. I was just like, I'm just going to go get a bucket. And that's yeah. <laughs> what I did in high school. So I think that was, like, a big deal, like, especially just having, like, the captain. Yeah, it was, it was a big a responsibility. deal for me. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. Sure, I'm sure it's kind of transitioned into, you know, where you are today. Yeah. I'm sure you were one of the leaders, especially once everything was yeah. coming to be. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. I, I just read that. I was like, <laughs> i got to ask that. That's yeah. crazy. I've never heard of that. Um, but yeah, other than that, coming from, you know, going from high school to going to JUCO, mm -hmm. what was that process like? Cause it's more, it's more of a rare process. Yeah. I mean, you hear it a lot with like, I think with like football, that's, yeah. you hear yeah. a lot about that, but you don't really hear it about basketball, men's or women's side yeah. of things. What was it like, you know, going to JUCO and, you know, in your head, are you like, okay, I want to get a D1 offer? Is yeah. That um, I was committed my senior year and then i just realized that it wasn't for me the place where i wanted to go yeah um and then i was like i'm gonna go juco and get more offers and yeah. i ended up having i had nine or ten out of high school and then i had 14 out of juco so for me it was like i grew as a as a player and i'm gonna give props to coach belford um coach b she's my also ride or die at juco <laughs> you gotta be she, sending this link yeah, to all I have to, a lot of I people because if i miss somebody they're gonna be bad they're yeah. gonna be so bad but coach b um coach rachel and oh my gosh i almost forgot her name coach coach kai like that them three like they brought me in and they just made me into a better player more physical more tough juco is hard yeah and i I don't recommend it unless you want to play physical and hard and want it. Like the JUCO that I went to specifically, the Panhandle Conference in and of itself is one of is the hardest conference in JUCO, in my opinion. Like yeah. you're playing against people that have come from D1 just to go JUCO to go back up to D1, right. or you're playing with people who should have gone D1 but they got into trouble and they just couldn't go because of grades or just other things in their family. Like that's just how it is. So I think like. Going from high school to JUCO, it was a very big step. It was not the same. It was more physical. And it was just, I wasn't the, a leader at that point. It was like, okay, let me take a step back and see what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And take that leap and then get other offers and take one and done and go off. Yeah. And the A-10 kind of is also more of a physical conference yes. than a lot of the yes. other conferences. Um, do you think that helped you? Yes. To play in yeah. I mean, 
The West Coast, is, I'm not going to lie, it's kind of soft. Where I played it, it's soft. I got here and I was like, oh, no. Contact, physicality, yeah. grit. It's all about grit. And, like, if you don't have it, like, you're just not going to succeed right. on the East Coast, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Especially in the South, SEC, all those types of schools. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I, that's all we got for you, Kristen. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Enjoy that burger. Not to, <laughs> I'm going to get one after yeah, this is over, sure. but looks good. Anyways, we'll be right back. When we come back, we'll be talking to head coach Mike Leffler. But you're listening to 91.1 WMUA, the official radio network of UMass women's basketball. Hi, this is Kristen Williams, and you're listening to UMass women's basketball on 91.1 WMUA. Hello. This summer, make sure to leave your window open, run the AC, or take your dog with you when leaving the car. And every summer thereafter. Dogs are great at many things. Regulating body temperature is not one of them. The American Red Cross urgently needs blood and platelet donations and asks donors to schedule an appointment to give now. Every two seconds, someone in the United States needs blood. Your blood donation is critical and can help save lives. Please, schedule an appointment today. Download the Blood Donor app, visit redcrossblood.org, or call 1-800-RED-CROSS-TODAY. You can make a difference. Hi, this is Coolio. I have it, you have it, we all have it. It's called blood. And every three seconds, someone needs blood. Each year, four million people need blood transfusions. You can help by becoming a blood donor. It's fast, simple, and safe. One donation from you can save up to three lives. Be a lifesaver. Call 1-866-FROM-YOU. That's 1-866-376-6968. Toll free to find out where you can donate and save a life today. Hey, Pioneer Valley. Are you looking to get involved in the local music scene or just looking to catch a hot gig? Then look no further. We are SALT, Students for Alternative Music at UMass Amherst. We book shows in and around the UMass campus featuring local and touring acts two or three times a month. To find out more about upcoming events or to get involved, check out our Facebook page, Students for Alternative Music. WMUA is on social media. If you want to stay up to date on the latest news from the radio voice of UMass Amherst, like us on Facebook, WMUA 91.1 FM. Our Twitter and Instagram is also full of great content. Follow both at WMUA. For exclusive footage at our events and a behind-the-scenes look at our studios, follow us on Snapchat. Our username is WMUA FM. That's WMUA 91.1 FM on Facebook, at WMUA on both Twitter and Instagram, and WMUA FM on Snapchat. This is Mike Leffler, head coach of UMass Women's Basketball, and you're listening to WMUA 91.1 FM Amherst, your home for Minute Women Basketball. Welcome back to the Coaches Show, live from the quarter. Special shout-out to our engineer, our incredible engineer, Sam Kinches, back in the studio making this happen. But we're here a couple miles away at the quarters. Josh Schreiber alongside Andrew White and now joined by head coach Mike Leffler. This is the third episode now 
of the coaches show and finally we've got some games to actually talk about but just can you give us your overall thoughts of you know what how the start of the season has gone yeah absolutely um as i tell our team every day you know there's a couple things that we really want to focus on each day and being competitive being really vocal and being together and i know that you josh and you andrew have heard me say that multiple times and you know we took great steps doing that really you know celebrated our first win against st peter's and again as i told our team winning is hard uh, especially at this level so you want to enjoy it and it really doesn't matter who we're playing or where we're playing i want to make sure we're showing up uh, and playing what we're making now umass basketball night in and night out and went on the road our first real road trip in the regular season to um, Northeastern. I was really proud of how we competed against Northeastern and got off to a great start. And Northeastern made runs. We withstood adversity. We made runs. And again, I was really proud of our team after the game and shared that with them. And I thought we were turning a corner in terms of how we were handling our business and competing every day. And then, you know, we obviously took a step backwards up at Maine. Um, and that was a little bit out of character for us. I was surprised more than anything and a little bit disappointed. And again, I shared that with our team and we took uh, yesterday off, um, really needed a breather after playing three games in seven days. And was really proud of how we responded today at practice. You know, and Kristen Williams, who you just spoke to, she was a big part of, of our, our, um, our level of competition at practice today. And I thought she just brought a lot of energy and and overall had a really nice day. And that's the response I was looking for from our from our team and our program. Awesome, yeah. And yeah, so y- you were asked after that opening win, just kind of if, if winning felt any different. Now that you're a head coach, do you take losses a little bit harder now? Or is it still kind of the same of, all right, we didn't do our business and now we got to get right back to it? I don't know if I take losses any um, easier or harder. You know, again, I think I'm the resp- I'm, I'm responsible for the messaging, you know, after games, and um, which I enjoy that responsibility. And again, after our Northeastern game, I think for me personally, I was really positive in the locker room. And again, I just wanted our players to understand that more important than the score of that game was how we competed and how we stuck together. And and then you know, honestly, it was really the complete opposite against against Maine and it was my responsibility to share that you know so there was some frustration on my end I know there was some frustration from our players end um, in the game that I was hoping they were kind of going to direct and use as a positive instead you know we just you know we weren't able to um, to kind of rally and 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 to keep plugging away at Maine and went went the other direction and you talked about the level of competition in practice, how you really liked it. In general, how would you say the team has been, you know, responding to the losses? Since, you know, you, you don't know exactly what you're going to get until it actually happens. And you talked about how you're going to learn from every game, win or loss. Um, how, how do you think you guys have been able to learn from those? Well, again, I thought before the main game, I thought our messaging was positive coming out of Northeastern. I, I thought we learned from the film. And I just wasn't sure, as I shared with our team, you know, we played at Northeastern Thursday night. We had a, you know, not a long practice on Friday, really short 30-minute walkthrough, but we were sharp. Um, and then Saturday we came out, and I was looking for us to compete at practice. 
and there's just a disconnect there. You know, I'm not sure if our team, because we are relatively new, and again, that's not an excuse, but I don't know what people are used to, you know, with the six transfers and four freshmen. I wasn't sure if they thought we were just going to coast through Saturday and go up to Maine and win, but, you know, our practice on Saturday wasn't up to our standard. You know, I shared that with our team on Saturday, and then we played on Sunday like we practiced on Saturday. And I shared that with our team today. Because, um, again, I think we've, we've, pra- we've been a team that's practiced well. We've been really engaged, and um, we've responded to the ta- challenges that we've we put forth as a staff. And it was just, again, a little bit disappointed we weren't able to do that um, at Maine. And a, a big factor kind of that changed the, the outlook of that Northeastern game and Maine was offensive rebounding by the other team. Northeastern only had four. It seemed like a great effort by the team. And then Maine, it was all the way up to 14. What kind of played a part in those two differing numbers? Was it the other team kind of just because Maine was a, is a good offensive rebounding team just as a team. Was it kind of more them or was it more the team's kind of effort? Well, you know, the, the old answer that you'll expect to hear was a combination of both. <laughs> you know, as our team knows after competing, like Northeastern's athletic. They're strong inside. Um, we did a great job rebounding. I think what, that game came down to us fouling and getting into foul trouble. And Northeastern shooting so many free throws. That 33, I think, was the number. Yeah. And going into Maine, you know, I just shared with the team that, like, hey, Maine's going to be really, really active. They're less athletic than Northeastern. They're less physical. But they're way more active. And that's what they were. I mean, honestly, they moved faster than we moved. They played harder than we played. And those were things that we tried to um, you know, talk about in practice and prepare our team in practice, but but we weren't clearly weren't ready for that. So um, again, different teams, different challenges, and I think Maine's activity, you know, obviously clearly bothered us, um, especially on the offensive glass, and that got demoralizing. There was one possession in the second quarter. I think they had three offensive rebounds and had four four cracks at it, and finally made a three. It's really demoralizing for a team, and and we felt it and couldn't recover. Yeah, and then. In the previous two games, you guys were able to play two really, really solid, experienced point guards in Darren Ardagon and uh, Ann Simon. How much do you guys think that helped you to, you know, prepare for what you're going to see in the A-10? I mean, Ardagon and Simon, both very experienced players, not just in the college levels, but also their own respective national teams as well. Do you think that having those games early on will kind of give the team like a, hey, this is this is about as good as it's going to get. You got to be able to you know, deal with that. Yeah, well, we're going to see a really good point guard on Thursday in Harmony yeah. Turner. She might be better than both. Definitely better athletically. And oh, yeah. I think she's over a thousand points in her career already. Just entering her, starting her third year. I think she was a five um, star. You know, will it prepare us? Absolutely. I think, I don't know how long our team's memories are. I think as a coaching staff, it just helps you learn, you know, how you need to defend differently right. and ex- exposes some of your weaknesses when you're playing point guards with those kind of experiences. You know, and, and Erdogan, I think we, had, we looking back, we might change some things in our game plan. Um, but she was able to do some things 
on ball screens specifically that were really tried to avoid her to do you know so we didn't do a great job on her executing the game plan um, and it, obviously Ann Simon did anything she wanted so I think for us and we're it's still at this point in the year especially with our team and our inexperience it's more about us and getting down what we do from a base defense wise then it becomes about making adjustments and we're not in a position to make many adjustments yet because we're still trying to implement and get really good at the way we defend but yes, yeah, certainly going back to your original question, I think the better teams and players you play, it just exposes some flaws that you have that you have to go back to the drawing board and work on. Yeah, and, and go ahead. And more focused on kind of positives you saw from that game. I mean, you only have eight players, so what, what really excites you for the future of how some of those players played in those three games? Well, what excites me, and even coming from the um, from the main game, like I was really proud that Bree Bellamy kept fighting till the end. And, and when I shared with our team, I was a little bit disappointed that she couldn't pull other people along, or that some of the other players on our team, and you know, and I didn't do a good enough job as a coach, kind of refocusing our team mid-game. You know, again, we let adversity bother us, and I have to find a better way to reach our players mid-game and mid-practice when adversity is hitting to kind of help them take a deep breath and refocus. But I was, from the main game, really, really excited about, about Bree. And, and honestly, from the Northeastern game, excited about our whole team. Because as I've told you guys, as I tell our team, you know, we have eight healthy bodies now, but it's gonna take all 13 of us and all the coaches and support staff. We all have to be at our best during those 30 opportunities because you know, and I told our team again today and reminded them, and not in a bad way, but very rarely are we going to step on the court and be the biggest team or the most athletic team or the most talented team. We need to rely on each other to be successful, and I want it that way. You know, I don't want to win just because talent alone. I want to win because we're the most together team and we're maximizing potential, um, and I think that's our challenge as a team and staff. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like defensively you guys play a very you know aggressive brand of basketball trying to force turnovers constantly get hands in passing lanes would you is do you think that's fair to say in general? yeah I think for us like again our base defense is man we want to put ball pressure when we want to be in gaps and helping each other out I think you know and I'm sure you'll you'll have a follow-up one thing that we're learning is maybe we're too aggressive at times especially on the ball you know I think for us keeping the ball in front of us needs to be a, a, a priority moving forward uh, that we're overextending at times you know because if we are if we do get beat one-on-one -on -one, yes we're relying on our help but some of the better teams we're playing are able to make extra passes and Maine was able to expose yeah. that the other day and you know not not containing Erdogan against Northeastern in the ball screen um, you know she's a really good point guard and she knows where to go with the ball you know and even Andrew here today at practice you know, they kept finding them on the weak side for a couple threes when we were five on five. And um, again, the better players you play against know where to go the, with the ball if you're over aggressive on defense. So I think that's something we've learned from our first three games. Yeah. And I think kind of containing the ball handler instead of pressuring the ball handler is going to be something we're going to work on moving forward and be a key moving forward. And um, it's not going to happen tomorrow. Right. But I think it's something we're going to focus on for the next next couple weeks yeah and I, that was kind of part of my follow-up of that when you play you know an aggressive defense that relies on help and stuff like that is that the type of thing for example this is 
it was a much bigger sample size. But last year, for example, St. Louis, they started out 5-16. and 16. They played in a very, a very aggressive style of defense. Do you think it's the type of thing that could just take a little while to get the chemistry to where everyone on the court knows where they have to be? You know, if this happens, they got to go there, that type of thing. Yeah, I think for me, like, again, we want to create an identity this year of who we're going to be offensively and defensively. And I think while maybe not changing the overarching themes or structure of how you play, you do have to adjust to the team that's in front of you. You know, so again, while I want to be a little bit more aggressive on the ball, I don't know if that's going to be a strength of ours. You know, so it's up to me and our staff to find what is the strength of ours. Yeah. You know, and I still want our help to be there because, again, being together and playing together is a big piece of that. And that's offensively and defensively. But if I can help our team out by focusing more on keeping the ball in front of us rather than just selling out on ball pressure, I'm going to do that. And, again, so I think as coaches you only always make minor tweaks on, um, on how you're playing to best fit your team for that season and I think that's something again we talked about it as a staff on our bus ride home from Maine yeah you know and I think we really started diving into it today at practice and it'll take time but I think we're on the right track and you know help defense big part of the defensive mindset in that main game I believe I'm right in this but Dallas Pierce three charges drawn and I think they were the first of the season from that, from the UMass team, I, there, maybe there would have been. I think Lily Ferguson had, yeah, maybe one or two before yeah. then. But to have three in a game is impressive. And how good is that? I know you talk a lot about the team as a whole, but from a freshman to really put that effort in on the defensive end and, and put the body on the line to take a charge. I mean, it was really great to see from Dallas. You know, um, and Lily did take one earlier, and really at practice, especially uh, October. Um, Lily was the one taking charges. You know, I was able to use her in his example to the rest of the team. You know, and then Kristen um, would take one and Lily Talalay would take one at practice. So for Dallas to do it in a game is great. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about Dallas, what she can do on the offensive end of the floor. And she's still finding her way and speed of the game, but has been practicing uh, much better. But to see her take three charges in live play, I mean, that doesn't happen by accident, right? There's a willingness to um, put your body on the line for the team, and she'll be rewarded from that effort for sure with, with more minutes, but then has to continue to improve and embrace it. Yeah. Now, I mean, that that's all we got for, you know, the basketball side of things. We do have, I told you about it, we got a trivia question for you. <laughs> this is, I'm not going to lie, it's a tough one. There might be some arguments about it, but... Could you just say your hometown, Horsham, Pennsylvania? Horsham, Horsham Pennsylvania. Horsham. Yeah. Okay. So I went in to every team you've been a coach for. <laughs> oh. From 2003, 2004 up until this year. You have had, let's see, 16 players play for you from Pennsylvania as a whole. Of those 16, how many are from the Philadelphia area? So I'm counting about a 25-mile radius. That I actually coached? Yes, that were playing oh. for teams you coached. <laughs> I, I figured this would be a brutal, I could show you the list, too, if you want to No, answer. I mean, it's a tough. You might need to uh, start out with the go to commercial with uh, for me to think <laughs> about this. I mean, 16. Well, 
I could give um, you one hint. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to guess. I'm going to say it's on one. You can count them on one hand. From the, from the Philadelphia area or, or the Horsham area? Uh, from the Philadelphia area. Tw 25 miles. 25 miles. 25 miles. That's yeah, still a, a pretty good. That's a pretty big circle. I will say that is the – that is so Horsham I'll, is I'll about – I'll say five. Five? Okay. You actually – you undersold a little bit. Nine players. Wow. You had four in one year at Penn, which not really a surprise there. Uh, Are you counting Allie Hinton? Uh, at BU. I was, yes. Okay. Uh, I also counted at UMass Maddie Sims from wow. Mount Laurel, New Jersey, just I because. Definitely want to guess that one. Yeah. Danielle Callahan, Allie Hinton. Yep. Danielle Callahan, Allie Hinton, yep. Um, uh, from Philly, we got Joey Rhodes, yep. Maria DiDonato, yep. Karen, I don't want to. Haver Cowich. Yep. yep. Uh, Katie Kilker. Yep. Those are the four from Those Penn. guys I could get. You got the BU ones. Uh, oh. Binghamton. I don't know. There's one from Bing Binghamton. Coach is looking at me like I know the answer. <laughs> wow. I mean, I have it in front of me. but <laughs> One from Binghamton, my coach from the Philly area. Man, that's scary. Can you give me initials? Uh, A.B. Wow. Bad, <laughs> bad for me to ask a question. <laughs> I mean, you've coached a lot of players. Did she so. play? <laughs> uh, I honestly don't know. I don't have that part. We got Asia Baker. It yeah. was one year. It was one year. Yeah, it was. Uh, from Plymouth <laughs> Meeting, Pennsylvania. Yes. Um, and then Northeastern, you had one. Uh, you're not. Oh, I would say maybe a two. Katie May, Alexis Hill, Jess Jenko. I don't have any of those. Uh, so maybe I'm wrong in that one. No. <laughs> Boy, it's a tough one for me. I do have. Oh, I know. Uh, Courtney Redcross. Yep. There you, you go. go. And then the one from UMass was Maddie Sims. I didn't count uh, Tori Hyduke because. Oh yeah, no, she's much further south. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, if you, I could show you the li the full list if you want. But wow. our radio listeners, real battle for a starting yeah, yeah. on that one. I had to I had to start us off with a bang. It took me a little bit, but yeah, yeah, that's that was it. a good one. But anyways. Thank you, Coach, for joining us here. First episode from the quarters. Hopefully many more to come. But signing off, Josh Schreiber, Andrew White. Uh, thank you so much to Coach Fitzpatrick, Kristen Williams. Whoa, almost stumbled over my words there. And head coach, Mike Leffler. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can listen to these on Spotify if you're listening to us live. But we'll see you next time. This is 91.1 WMUA Sports.